It's Luke chapter 10. Stand with me as you turn. Luke chapter 10 and uh, verse, uh, we'll look at verse 29. Luke chapter 10 and verse 29 and um, through verse 37. Familiar story, familiar account. As a matter of fact, I'll go up to verse 25. We'll begin in verse 25 so you get the whole context here. But Luke chapter 10 and verse 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And Likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to the inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this passage of Scripture that you intended for us to read this evening. And uh, Lord, I think of the Scripture, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And Lord, you gave this to us on purpose, not only for the time in which it happened as you spoke that day with that, that lawyer, that Pharisee, but Lord, for us here this evening. And I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and Lord, that we would see that personal application and how it applies to us this evening and we'd be closer to you as a result. Lord, we love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Familiar passage of scripture, the, uh, the, the Samaritan and how he cared and watched over this man along the way. And um, I was thinking this last Sunday night as I preached that message on, on demonstrating the Christ-like love and where that, where that meets. And this passage of scripture came to my mind. And you see the Lord, I think, giving us a good lesson and, and, and how to reach out like the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I love the Lord and I think of how he came to, he didn't come to bring, he came to bring sinners to repentance, didn't he? He came for the sinner. He came for the one that needed Christ. And there is a call in God's word for us to demonstrate some separation in our life. In Romans 16, 17, it says, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. God calls us to have a, a separation when it comes to right doctrine. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 13, it says this, I wrote, wrote, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For them ye must needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such a one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within. But them that are without, God judges. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. And the Lord would give us that call. And I looked at it last week when it came to the love of the Lord. It, the Lord calls us to love him first and to hold up sound doctrine and to keep it. And uh, even to mark and avoid those who would teach or live contrary to the doctrines of the word of God from among us. Matter of fact, the Lord would tell us in one portion of scripture, they can rise up even from among you. 
in 1 Corinthians, he tells us not to company with, with those that involved in serious immorality. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. And then he makes this statement. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetousness, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For then ye must needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator. God makes a difference, doesn't he? He said, friend, if there's one that calls himself a Christian, not living like a Christian, but living in immorality, he says, it's time to take, takes a step away, doesn't he? But he says, not when it comes to those in the world, because otherwise you're going to have to get out of the world, right? And God, God didn't call us, God didn't pull us out of the world. He, matter of fact, he sent us into the world, not to become like them but to reach out to them. Uh, matter of fact, yeah, if you're going to help a drowning man, you better be in your own boat, shouldn't you? And that's what the Lord's teaching us in this passage of Scripture, friend. We, we must reach out to the world without taking up the things of the world. And uh, matter of fact, I think I love John chapter 17, and one of the reasons I love it is the Lord's prayer for you and I, not only for the disciples who had known him at that time, but in John chapter 17, you say the Lord praying even for all those that would believe on his name. If you want to read how Jesus prays for you, read John chapter 17. And in that chapter of John chapter 17, he said, Lord, I don't want to take them out of the world, but rather I'm sending them in the world. But Lord, keep them from evil. Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. He said, I don't want them to take up the characteristics, the mannerisms, the sin of the world. I want them to be a peculiar people, to be a Christ-like people. But I want them to reach into the world. And I think of the, the good Samaritan here, this, this picture that God gives us of a, of a man reaching another man who is broken. And especially when it comes to a lost world. How does a Christian, what should be the makeup, what should be the nature of a Christian reaching out to a lost world, a broken world? And I want to look at this passage of Scripture from that light, reaching out like the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that catches my attention is the need to have a humble heart. Look at verses 30 through 33. It says this, Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, but a certain Samaritan. Boy, that phrase catches your attention. There's another Samaritan we know. It was the woman at the well, wasn't it? The Lord said, I must needs go through Samaria. You know, if you're, if you're here tonight, you should be thankful that God goes through Samaria. That God goes through the Samaritan. Friend, you and I are not the Jew. We are not the Levite. We are not the priest. We are the Gentile. We are the Samaritan is who we are. We are the one without Christ, not among the people of God. We were a Samaritan. We were lost and on our way to a devil's hell. And yet the Lord interceded for us. And we get a glimpse here at this man who's reaching another man. And God doesn't say it's the priest. He doesn't say it's the Levite. But he said, this man, the Samaritan man, he's the one who reached out. I, I think this Samaritan reached out because he had been reached out to. Someone had gone to this Samaritan. Someone had aided this man. And this man recognized that of his own need. I think of Matthew 9, 13, where it said, Jesus would say this, But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 
1 Corinthians 6, 11, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, And you hath he quickened, who are dead in trespasses of sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. This man had not forgotten where he came from. You know, I think too many times, if we're not careful as a Christian, we forget where we came from. We forget that we were a lost man once upon a time. We forget where we were destined. We forget that hell was our destination and a sinner was our description and we were without Christ and we were in sin. And, and, and I tell you, whether you were saved out of serious sin or whether you grew up in church and were saved from falling into many, many of those seriousness sins, God saved you out of it and from it by his precious blood. And when we look into this world, don't put your nose too high up in the air because you were one of them. If we're, not for, if we're not careful, we forget that fact. These priests and these Levites, as they walked by, uh, really, as they walked by, didn't have the time to go to the man on the wayside. They were busy. They had their jobs. They had their positions. And they kept on going. You know, I think one of the ways that we keep a, a heart that is practicing at reaching out to the world is to remember where we came from. To remember what Jesus saved us from. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, you're sitting in a church service on a Sunday night. Not out there in some sin. And friend, I don't need to say the jailhouse, but by the grace of God, you're not just sitting at home watching the TV. Being put at ease when hell is right around the corner. There's many todays that may not find themselves in a bar or something slipping into serious sin, but their soul is just as headed for hell as the one whose life is demonstrating all of the evidence of it. The grace of God. Never forget where you were and what you could be without the Lord Jesus Christ. I think if we're not careful, we forget those things. To have that humble heart that says, it is by the grace of God that I have the incredible privilege to be where I am today rather than without him. I think of the incredible privilege of serving God. Many of you found yourself in some place of service today. From bus routes to Sunday school classes to ushering to the sound up there. We're thankful for Brother Waddell. From to nursery, whatever ministry it is, greeter, you find yourself. Friend, never let your place of service become a burden. Remember it as a blessing. Remember it as a blessing. Because if God hadn't saved your soul, you would need someone to reach out to you. I tell you, when ministry becomes too much of a burden, it's when we forget where we came from. We forget where we came from. This man was a Samaritan. And I think something that makes us reach out to a lost world and all its in all its dirt and all its filthiness is when we remember where we would be without Christ. I think, of, I think of Lot. The Bible would describe him in the New Testament as just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. It bothered him. He didn't do anything. 
Noah, the Bible says a preacher of righteousness. He could look around and he could see a world on its way to hell and know this. But as, Galatia, as it would say in Genesis, the first time the word grace is found in, your, in the Bible, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace. He remembered where he came from. The one that reaches out remembers where they would be without him. Friend, we owe a debt. We owe a debt. I think of this, especially around missions conference times, as I'm assembling scriptures and I'm sitting there and and I'm thinking, man, I was born June 3rd, 1980 in Peoria, Illinois, to a youth pastor's son at the time. I do not know what it's like not to have a Bible in my home, to have a parent who points me to the scripture, to have a preacher who preaches it, the Sunday school teacher who teaches it. And yet, there's a world out there that doesn't have that privilege. I should never be burdened with serving God. I should always be grateful for the privilege of serving God. To reach out to a lost world. This man, he, he was a Samaritan. Christian, keep a heart that is humble. Keep a heart that is humble that reminds you of where you could be without him. Keep a, keep a humble heart. I think of this verse in Galatians 6. One, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. In a spirit of meekness, consider in thyself, lest thou also be tempted. As you reach out because of where you came from, what Jesus did, also keep in mind where you could be if you don't stay near him. Also keep in mind where you could be if you don't stay near him. Right? You can fall backward. You can go back. And none of us are immune from going back to what we were saved out of. A humble heart. A Samaritan. Wasn't the Levite. Wasn't the priest. Not only do we see a humble heart, but we see going feet. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, what does it next say? Came where he was. Came where he was. The other folks went across the street from him, but the Samaritan went to where he was. He went out of his way, and he went into the way of this man that needed help. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Mark 16, 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Yesterday at Master Club competition, I watched my daughter Audrey as she gave her Bible story, and she talked about Delilah. She picked a bad girl, all right? And I'm, I'm concerned. I'm worried, all right? She had her mama's help on that one. That's really concerning, all right? Who knows where I'm headed, all right? And, uh, and then Samuel, I watched Samuel as he preached his message, and Samuel got his message idea during a missions conference from Romans chapter 1, where it said, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall believe if they had not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then it said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he preached a message on how to give your feet a, a gospel pedicure. And, uh, and he was talking about how his mom loves pedicures. 
And if you're a guy here and you get pedicures, please don't tell me about it, all right? And uh, he had to go to his mom to get ideas on what this was all about. And he had a picture of some ugly feet, and I, I watched him. And, and one of those gospel pedicure points is, how shall they hear? You must go with the message. The message requires going, not waiting. Going, not waiting. And I'm going to tell you something. I, let's, let's not be too hard on the priest and the Levite. We're very hard on them sometimes. The priest had important things to do. I wonder if this priest was taking one of the sheep that was going up to the tabernacle or to the temple to be sacrificed. If the Levite was going up to trim the, the lamps in the temple. If they're on their way to their place of ministry and service. But they just wouldn't go out of their way to the lost one. I wonder how many people keep themselves from going while doing things they feel are important. Oh, preacher, I, I can't, or, oh, Lord, I, I just can't go out of my way to go to the lost one. I've got things to do. I have other ministries and other purposes. I've got my first family. My, I've got my first ministry, my family. I don't have time to go. I'm doing good things and important things. The, the priest here and the Levite had important things to do. But because of their things to do, they refused to do the needful thing that was to go into the way of the man beside of the road, broken and in sin. Friend, in all the busy, important things and needful things of our life, you got to go out of your way to go to a lost world. You cannot sit and wait. Friend, God over and over again calls us to go. The only alternative to not going to someone with the gospel is disobedience to the God of heaven who saved your eternal soul. Go. Go. We all have things to do and important things to do, but Lord is teaching them something. Be humble. Go. That priest had something to do. That Levite had something to do and important things to do. But they sure missed what God put right in front of them. Go. Go. You're going to have to get out of your routine, out of the things that you've got on your schedule, and you're going to have to go. What happens too many times, we're justifying our not going by the, all the important things we have to do. We're just, if we're not careful, we become the priest and the Levite along the way. Caught up with other things that keep us from going to where they're at. God was saying something. Who is it? I'll tell you. It, keep a humble heart. Go with your feet. He had, look at what else it says in verse 33. But a Samaritan, and he that journeyed came where he was, and then it says, and when he what? Saw him. He looked upon him. He took time, I think, of where the Lord would, in, in, in another story of another Samaritan that would come to know the Lord as, their, as her Savior there at the well, when the disciples would come back and they would see the Lord and they would go to eat him. He said, I have food to eat of which you know not. And they, they would begin to puzzle over this. And he said, it's, I've done the will of my Father. And then just before the Samaritan woman became back with all the folks in the city, he would tell them, look into the harvest fields. Look out there. They're white into harvest. Look over there. 
Look at your eyes up off the ground and off of your belly and your needs and get your eyes out there on a lost world. And here we see a Samaritan who took the time to notice the man in the ditch, his condition. Broken, robbed, hurting, without. Friend, we need to look at the world, not just as a world rejecting Christ, but a world without him. A broken world, a hurting world. I think some of those young people that will come in, maybe they're here, riding on a bus in the morning. I'm loving, I'm so thankful for each one of them here. Sometimes maybe you get a little frustrated with some of their behavior. Well, you remind yourself of something. Some of them don't have parents teaching them at home how to behave. Some of their parents at home are consuming things they should not consume. Some of them don't have those things in their life because of that. Homes are hurting and broken. There's a world without Christ. There's folks that are going through life without what we have taken for granted so many times, and we have not taken the time to look and pay attention to what is happening in our world. What is happening in our world. I think of some of the young, even, even from what we might call good homes, as young people consider coming into our, to our Christian school. And I, and I hate to tell you this, but, but, but I'll tell you this. Some of those homes that they're coming home from are not like homes 20 years ago, even out there in the world. Their homes are broken. Without the scripture, without discipline, on their way to a devil's hell. And too many times we've got our eyes on our priestly duties and our things that we're doing. And we're not even taking the time to pay attention to what is really happening to the souls of men. We are more kicking at our TVs and screaming at the world than we are seeing the souls that are on their way to a devil's hell. We're spending more time condemning the world and its politics then we are concerned about the soul that will spend eternity in hell. And while we're mowing our grass and doing our duties, souls are going to hell because we have not paid attention. While we're living out our hobbies, this man looked. He went to where they were. He took notice of his broken condition. I'm thankful for Sunday school teachers who taught me the gospel. Thankful for preachers who told me along the way. I'm thankful for people that looked and paid attention to what someone would be without Christ. And friend, we just came out of a missions conference not that long ago, and we put our gaze in far off places in the uttermost parts of the world. But friend, you need to put your gaze on your own city, your own workplace, your own neighbors, that person we see. And look in our frustrations with our world, with its rainbow colors and its filthy living, our souls on their way to hell. Souls that we will one day walk, but watch as they walk before the great white throne judgment and hear the words, depart from me for I never knew thee. We'll spend eternity separated from God. While we've done our priestly, priestly Levitical duties, caught up with the things of our life rather than being the Samaritan, goes out of his way. Goes out of his way and looks upon the one who's hurting. There's a song I heard a long time ago, this must be the place. This must be the place. Friend, this is a hospital for sinners. 
This is the place that God put in our city to put our eyes on a lost world and hurting homes and say, how do I reach them? How do I go out of my way to get to them? He, he, we see this, the humble heart. We see, a, a, we see a, a going feet. We see seeing eyes. We see a compassionate disposition. Verse 33 again. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. I think how many times the Lord would say that he had compassion on the multitudes. You know, if you're not careful, you see something so much, you, you lose your compassion, don't you? We can lose our compassion. And I, and I understand it completely when we look out at this world and all that seems the filth of the world and all of those things that, to be quite frank, it can make us as a Christian a little callous to the things and the destruction of this world. It becomes common to us. Our hearts are no longer stirred. We lose our compassion. We lose our compassion. When's the last time you were moved with compassion for someone without Christ? Your heart was stirred to the point that you could not stay where you were at. You had to get up and do something different. This man had compassion. The Levite didn't have his compassion. The priest didn't have his compassion. He was too busy, too caught up going to where he was going to do, where he had planned, and his duties that he had before the Lord to the point that he forgot a very important duty that laid right in front of him, a Samaritan or a man along the wayside. But this Samaritan had compassion. And I think part of his compassion is because he, hadn't, he wasn't too far removed from where he started out in the first place. He had not forgotten where he would be without Christ. To become not, he wasn't too proud of who he was to forget about where he came from. And his heart was moved with compassion. Now, Christian, I would call you, ask God to give you compassion again. Ask God to give you compassion. This world can rob it from a man as we grow accustomed to its to its heartaches and its ugliness and its sin to the point that we are no longer moved with compassion. You know what you will know move you to compassion? Think about hell for a little while. Think about a bottomless pit where the, where the worm dieth not. A place of complete darkness. A place of torment. Read, read the book of Revelations and read about some of those creatures that God lets loose on earth for a little time and he lets them loose out of hell. Man would wish they die, but could not die. The horror of it all. Be moved with compassion. God's saying, Here, here's, this was a man who hadn't forgotten where he came from. He was a Samaritan. He had going feet. He had seen eyes. He had a compassionate disposition. And notice this, he had working hands. Verse 34. And when he went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set, on, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Wasn't that too long ago at the start of the year, we had our CPR training, all right? And uh, I pray for you if I have to do CPR on you, you're in trouble, all right? And, uh, but we did our CPR training, all right? And all of that that goes along with that, all right? And uh, I think of some of that, but I, I'll tell you this, if you find someone in that condition... You're going to have to do things you don't find to be comfortable. But this man, notice what he did. 
he got his hands dirty. Now, he didn't get his heart dirty, but he was willing to get his hands dirty. He was willing to get down there in the muck with the guy and bind up his wounds, clean him out, bandage him up, and get down where he was and help him. Friend, are you willing to go into the dirt to pull somebody out? And I'm not some coming talking about taking on the filth of the world. I'm talking about reaching down and going out of your way to help people and pull them out of sin. It's messy business. It's messy business. And too many times we like our hands clean with those whose lives already seem in order. And you know what this God's saying? Friend, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. The Samaritan woman had had five husbands, and the one she was with was no longer, was not her husband. Think of Mary Magdalene. Think of the maniac of Gadara, possessed with many demons. I think over and over again, the people's lives that were a mess, and yet someone took their time to reach to them. If we're not careful, we like to serve God with clean hands, rather than being willing to reach to people's lives. I'm not talking about leading your family into sin or to doctrinal error. Look, when it comes to God's, when it comes to this place, to the Christian who makes the decision to walk off into the filth of the sin of the world, love them, leave the light on for them, friend. But God gives us a call to live holy. When it calls the one who would turn away in doctrinal error, love them and leave the light on them for what God says to mark and avoid. But he said, don't pull yourself out of a world without him. He said, go out into the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. Get your hands dirty, reaching the world. Go to the one without Christ. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Be willing to nurture them. And by the way, it took time to make this person's life different. Too many times we're looking for a... Boom, it's all changed in one heartbeat of a moment. But I'm going to tell you something. This man's wounds didn't heal overnight. This man didn't get healed in a moment. This man was broken. He was wounded. He bound his wounds, took him to the place and said, here's my, here's, if you will, and here's my credit card. I'll make it right when I get back. It took time. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. Getting your hands dirty to reaching people sometimes takes time. And people don't always change in a moment. It takes time. And there's a call, Christian. Reach the world. Be willing to get your hands dirty. Be willing to give of yourself. And pour ourselves out into this world. This is, this is the Lord teaching you and I how to reach out. Have a humble heart, a heart that remembers where Seth Ham would be if he didn't have Jesus, how different my life would be. Going feet, I can't just wait around. I got I, I to get up and go where they're at. I've got to see their broken condition rather than, wear, rather than have these rose-colored glasses this, that gets furious with the condition of our world, but not the eyes that truly see broken hearts and lives. Hands that are willing to get dirty 
as I reach into the world and say, God's got something different for you. God can change your life. And I, and I think of, I will tell you this, this world, sin messes people's lives up. Aren't you thankful for the simple plan of salvation? You know, God really made things simple, right and wrong. You know what makes things complicated? Sin. I'll tell you this, young person, you should learn this. If you want the joyful, simple Christian life, then, then stay close to God. If you want a complicated, messed up life, then go into sin. Because it will make things complicated. It'll make home life complicated. It'll make work life complicated. It'll make spiritual life complicated. Sin really messes things up. And I will tell you this, Christian, if you're going to reach a world, you better realize how messy sin makes things. How messy sin makes things. And the willingness to say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to reach him. Remember where I'd be without him? I'm going to have feet that get up and go. I'm going to have eyes that see their condition. I'm going to be, have hands that I'm willing to, to go in, in a compassionate disposition and reach them. And finally, we see this. We see a sacrificing wallet. <laughs> Look at what it says in verse 35. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. He said, here it is, take care of him now. I've bound him up, I've, 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 I've put him together, here he is. And make sure that you care for him, keep this, keep this room for him and supply him with food. I don't know how much it'll cost me, but I want you to know when I come back, I'll pay it. I'm willing to sacrifice. He was willing to sacrifice. I will tell you this, it will require sacrifice to reach a world. It will. It will require sacrifice. It will cost you something. It will cost you in your wallet. It will cost you with your time. It will cost you of your talents. It requires sacrifice. I think of David there when he had sinned in numbering the people and God allowed the plague to come and all the story. But David came to the end with a sacrifice and he would make this statement, I will not offer that which essentially cost me nothing. David knew something. His Savior was worthy of his sacrifice. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to reach people. It won't be out of your abundance. Throw that idea in the trash can where it belongs. It won't be out of the abundance of your time, the abundance of your finances, and the abundance of your talents. It will be out of the sacrifice of what you have. If we're not careful, we're ready to serve God with the extra, but not with the sacrificial. It will cost... And here we see the Lord saying, here's how you do it. Now, friend, there is a call to love God, especially when it comes to the truths of the doctrines of God's word and, and to keep him first in our churches and in our lives. There's a call to keep ourselves clean. And when a brother who knows the word of God decides to walk off into serious sin and say, I love you and I'm here for you and I'll help restore you, but I'm not going down to the pigsty of sin. 
But when it comes to a lost world, a world without Christ, a world that whether they realize it or not, is this fella broken and robbed on the side of the road. Satan sold him a bill of goods. Eve was deceived and believed Satan's lie. And this world's bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Lives that are broken, that, are fine, that think pleasure is in sin rather than pleasure in the Lord, whose lives are being wrecked and ruined by sin, and God puts someone into their life. And it's you and I. Friend, we're supposed to be the Samaritan along the way, not the Levite, not the priest. By the way, just so you know it, you're a Gentile here tonight. You're a Gentile. We're not the Jew. Now, maybe some is here. We're Gentiles here. We're here because God sent someone to a people that needed him. And without him, you would be the one in the ditch. And by the way, if you get too far away from him, you'll be back in the ditch. So keep a humble heart. Keep a humble heart. What a, what a privilege it is, friend, to be the one who has the opportunity to reach rather than the one whose needs reached. What a privilege. And in this passage of Scripture, God lets us get a little glimpse of what we need to be if we're going to reach out. Remember, a humble heart, Samaritan. Where would we be without him? If you remember where, if you think about where you'd be without him, I tell you what, every one of these songs that we sang tonight would mean so much more to you. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Oh, I'm resolved to keep what I've been given. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm so glad for where I'm headed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. They'll mean more to you because you won't forget. You're not too far removed from where you could be without him. Going feet. Here it is, Christian. You can't wait for the world to come to you. You have got to get up and go to them. You must. With seen eyes that see the true conditions of a broken world, with a compassionate disposition, I know the tendency, I get mad at our culture and our world. And you should be angry and sin not, but don't let that take you to a place where you no longer have compassion on the soul without him. And these hands, friend, I'm going to have to do something with them that sometimes I find very uncomfortable. I'm going to have to reach a world because their lives are messy and broken. They're not all in order. They're not. And if I'm waiting for the life that's in order, then I'm wrong. I was talking to a preacher not that long ago. We were talking about this very thing when he looked out at the world and talked about two things that churches are struggling with right now. The King James Version and Calvinism. King James Version and Calvinism. They're coming back on strong. And I, I mentioned you. You know why I think we're struggling with those in our churches right now? Is because we've become recruitment centered. 
you know, when I lead someone to Christ and I bring him to Christ and it's a new Christian, I rarely have a debate with them over the Bible. And so open up the Bible. They take the one that I hand them. And they start reading it and learning it and growing it. But you know who I debate it with all the time? Christians. <laughs> Man, like, what is wrong with you? Use that thing. Quit arguing over it. Calvinist. I, I watch guys my age going off in Calvinism in churches in there. They leave Bible college from these churches, large churches and large ministries. I'm going to tell you one of the downfalls of that is they get on some place where they're going and they think it's all going to happen just like that. In a year from now, there'll be a thousand people sitting in the pews. I'll have a school and a college and it'll all be just like that. The average church in America is under 75. And you know what they do? They try to excuse what they think should happen. By the way, the Lord said some water, some plant, but who gives the increase? God. The Lord said, I will build my church. We are called to faithfulness. The building of the work is his responsibility. Mine is faithfulness. And all of a sudden, these guys are sitting there and they're debating what's happening. And so they begin to explain away what they don't feel should be happening. And all of a sudden, it must be that they're not God's elect. They're reading after some guy whose head is in the clouds and not in the ditch where someone's lost. And they're saying, they must not be the elect. So that must be why they're not coming. And I'll tell you why. Because churches become more about recruiting the ones they think fit than reaching the ones who don't. I pray that this place doesn't become a recruitment center. Oh, look at that one come through the door. They got their family life all in order. Come on, come in and have a seat. Uh Uh-uh. Go get your hands dirty. Go get your hands dirty. Go quit, quit looking for the one that fits in perfectly and go to the one that you've got to do some work on. Go to the one who's lost without Christ, caught up in sin, share the incredible life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Watch their life change. Get your hands dirty as you grow them and nurture them and bring them along for the Lord Jesus Christ saying, I'm willing to do what it takes to reach a soul for Christ and to point them to a holy God who can change their life and quit trying to recruit a person to your plan and start trying to reach a lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Reach them. and You will have to sacrifice. It will take time that you do not have, money that you don't feel that you have, talents that you do not feel that you will have. But you will find in all of your shortcomings, God is faithful. and He will do the work. Here we see the Lord. Reach them. Over and over again, he'll say, reach them. But the tendency of our nature is that if we're not careful, we get busy in the Christian life and we end up like the priest and the Levite. I don't want to be too hard on them, but they do deserve some of it, right? They were doing good things. It's a good thing to be a priest. It's a good thing to minister in the tabernacle or in the temple. It's a good thing to be a Levite. You know what a scribe was? A scribe, a scribe was a copyist of the word of God. You get real hard on the scribe, but you know what he lived his life for? Copying out the word of God. But you know what they did? 
in all of their priestly duties, they forgot about the needs of the world and what Jesus had done for them. And there is a tendency in the Christian life, in all of our Christian duties, in our homes and our families, that we're walking on the wrong side of the road with our hands in our pocket, taking care of our homes and family while the world's bleeding by the ditch. While the world's bleeding in the ditch. Reach out. Reach out. Look at my brother, Pastor Adam, ever gets up and said, mm, I'm a Calvinist. Now he's my brother, so I can shoot him, all right? He's my brother. He's not. But here I said, I'm a Calvinist. I'm going to go become a Calvinist. I'm going to say, well, brother, you're going to have to do that someplace else. And I love you, but you got to do it someplace else. If someone ever says, if he ever finds himself in serious sin, walking out opposite of the Lord, I say, I love you, brother, and the light's on. But you got to do that somewhere else. You got to do that somewhere else. When it comes to the person at home tonight whose life is broken by sin, friend, I'm not going to wait for them to come through that door. I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to show up on their porch and I'm going to knock on that door. Do you know for sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? Do you know him? That person that you see in your workplace? Don't wait for them to come to you. What must I do to be saved? Look him in the eye. Do you know him? Your neighbor? Have you looked your neighbor in the eye? Do you know him? We're not careful. We're walking on the long, wrong side of the street. And here the Lord is saying, get over there by the ditch. I don't want you broken and bleeding in the ditch, friend. So be cautious in your life. Avoid the sin that'll put you down there. But you have a humble heart. Remember, you're the Samaritan and without him, you'd be in the same spot. Put your shoes on, friend. And go with your feet. Go with your feet. See them where they're at. Not just as someone living life the way they want, but somebody under the prince and power of the air, caught up in sin, headed for a devil's hell. Have a compassionate heart as you see them. Let your heart be broken for a moment. And then get your hands out of your pocket. And be willing to do what it takes in your service for God to serve him. Be willing, friend, to sacrifice. To sacrifice. It is worth it. To reach out of what you need to help someone who's truly in need. You know the incredible blessing about my need? Is I got a heavenly father ready to take care of it. That when I empty mine, he's like, oh, were you reaching into that ditch? Here you go, keep reaching. Getting your hands dirty, here you go. Keep reaching. Keep sacrificing. Let me help you so you can keep sacrificing until I call you home. Until I call you home. God gives us a glimpse. There's a call, Christian, to live a holy, separated life for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to live doctrinally light, right and morally straight and pleasing in the eyes of our Savior because character matters with God. But there is also a call when it comes to this world to go where they're at. Pull these hats, hands out to sacrifice. It's not to get too high-minded that we don't realize where we would be without the Lord Jesus Christ. To have that compassionate heart. If not, I don't want to be the Pharisee. I really don't want to be the priest walking along the way. I really don't want to be that Levite caught up with his life. That he's walking by lives that are broken and hurting. Because he's busy doing good things. But missing the one whose life is broken. And I'm going to tell you, I promise you this. If you look around, there's some broken lives. There's some broken lives. There's plenty of opportunities to get your hands dirty in the business of serving God. Not your heart, but these hands of mine. To serve him. Reaching out like Jesus would have us to reach out. Here's the Samaritan, and God said, learn from this fella. That's us, guys. That's us, folks. Once upon a time, we were without him. We were without him. And God, God used people to reach in and save our soul. And now it's our turn, our privilege, our privilege. It is a responsibility and it is obligation, but beyond responsibility and obligation, it is an incredible privilege to be an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ to get these hands dirty in his service, sacrificing and living for him. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for my Lord. I'm thankful for the people. I think of Mrs. Scott, one of the first Sunday school teachers I remember, first grade in church. She would teach me the word of God. I think of others who have preached to me and taught to me to the day that I came to know Christ as my savior. I'm thankful for people since then who have, gotten their hands dirty in my life as they pointed me and and drew me towards the Lord. Lord, let that be our hearts. Let us never forget what you have already done for us. Let us have that humble heart, those going feet, those seeing eyes, that compassionate disposition, those hands willing to get dirty as we serve the Lord. And uh, Lord, that sacrificing wallet that we would be willing to sacrifice for our life, of our lives and of our possessions in our service for the Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you stand with me this evening as the pianist begins to play? As God has spoken to your heart, use the altar this evening. And I don't know how it is. I, maybe God put someone's face and name specifically on your heart this week. And maybe it's just a matter of a condition of our heart. And you got that compassionate heart, those seeing eyes, those... When's the last time, friend? You got your hands dirty in your service of the Lord. You really spent the time and did what it took to help grow somebody in the Lord Jesus Christ. But as God has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord this evening.